Something's American in Denmark, today on The World. I'm Marco Werman. Rufus Gifford is a U.S. ambassador to Denmark, and he has no illusions about the challenges he faces. I represent the most establishment entity that you could possibly get, which is the United States government, right? There's in some ways the least sexy bureaucracy in the world. So Gifford went out and got his own show on Danish TV. More on that coming up. Plus, the late Shimon Perez was an organ donor, but most Israelis are not because of Jewish law. This man says the people making the rules are being hypocritical. They had tattoos, which is forbidden by the Bible. They were eating cheeseburgers, which is forbidden by the Bible. But yet when it came to donating organs, all of a sudden they said that no, they couldn't donate organs because it contradicted uh, Jewish law. Those stories and more today on The World. Glad you could be with us on this Friday. So, hard power versus soft power. Often on the show, as we cover the news, we talk about war and the military and even nuclear weapons, all things that have to do with the idea of hard power. Today, I want to start the show on the opposite note, talking with someone who's clearly very good at using soft power, Rufus Gifford, the U.S. ambassador to Denmark. He's not what most people would think of as the typical diplomat, you know, boring ceremonies and stiff speeches. No, Ambassador Gifford has his own popular TV reality show in Denmark. He calls it a documentary series, but it is called I Am the Ambassador from America, and the cameras follow him around doing what he does as ambassador. As of this month, it's also on Netflix, so we can watch it too. I asked Ambassador Gifford how he came up with the idea for the show. When I first took the job, I was traveling around the country and really try, wanted to get a sense of how the U.S. Embassy in Copenhagen really fit into the culture in Denmark. One of the things I was really struck by was the fact that Danes really had not a clue what we did. There was sort of a fascination with what we did, but there was this perception that we would play golf during the day and go to cocktail parties at night and in between, you know, go into the embassy and do, uh, we were up to nefarious things somehow. <laughs> and it just felt so wrong to me. So I really, and I felt like we were spending far too much time talking to the same people, people who are going to listen anyway. And what I really wanted to do is expand the audience and take uh, our message to a broader audience, a younger audience, a more diverse audience. And how do you do that? You know, you, you have to get outside of your box. You have to get outside, get outside from behind your desk and go to them. So, you know, the show is an attempt to do that. Sounds like it was originally an informational kind of show. Did it become entertainment as well? Well, I think, you know, when you're working with a TV station, they want it to be more personal. They want it to be more salacious, of course. But you also have to make sure that there's a point to it. And certainly my bosses, and myself included, uh, want to make sure that there is a substance to it. We need to be telling an American story and a diplomatic story. And I think the show does. Yeah, that strikes me at some point you have to pick the telephone in Copenhagen and call Washington and ask the State Department, hey, is it okay if I have a reality show? I mean, you've got to run it up the flagpole. What do they say? <laughs> well, first of all, we call it a documentary series, not a reality show. But <laughs> to distinguish ourselves as much as we can from uh, Real Housewives and Kardashians. But it's uh, it, the, the, the funny part of this story is actually we did not officially ask for permission. <laughs> so the reason why, and this, this whole thing has taken us by enormous surprise. When we first agreed to this, 
ultimately, this was a small network that approached us that was appealing to younger people in Denmark. And um, I thought a few thousand people would watch it. You know, Denmark is a country of 5.7 million people. And it caught fire. I had not a clue, and nor did I have a say as to whether or not they would sell it to Netflix. And and now it's airing all over the English-speaking world. And it's, it, is, it is quite remarkable. And I think we probably, considering all that, probably should have asked for permission. Um, <laughs> One Danish uh, MP called you a rock star. Do you agree with that? <laughs> no. I, I, hate, I hate the term celebrity. I hate the term rock star. I, I just uh, I throw all of myself into my work. And I believe in this work. I love this work. Why is this work so important? to you? And why is it important to get this out on this kind of medium to a lot of people? So, I mean, you look at our politics today. What we're seeing in the United States right now, we're seeing all throughout Europe as well. Brexit being, of course, the best example of that. But we see it in Denmark, where anti-establishment political parties, more isolationist, xenophobic, protectionist political parties are gaining strength. And the establishment is clearly losing influence. Now, I represent the most establishment entity that you could possibly get, which is the United States government, right? There's in some ways the least sexy bureaucracy in the world. But somehow, I wanted to try to figure out a way to humanize the U.S. government, the United States, who we are, uh, create a sort of slightly more nuanced definition.